Welcome to another episode of the CC Podcast Conversations, where inspiring Christians share their faith-filled stories. Please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast, leave a five-star rating, and write a review. This helps push our content to a broader audience. Are you new to listening? Check out our other podcasts. First, the CC Podcast Daily Dose Devotions, where we're walking through the Bible, focusing on short clips of Scripture. Second is the CC Broadcast, where our weekly radio programming is archived. These podcasts are available wherever you're listening or at christiancrusaders.org. Okay, let's get started with today's episode. Here's our host, Matt Reister, the Executive Director of Christian Crusaders. Hey everybody, Matt Reister with the CC Podcast Conversations. Andrew, we were just discussing football. We're in week two. The Hawkeyes don't look good. No, nope. It's a cause for depression, but thankfully, hopefully this interview will be a good antidepressant for anybody who <laughs> feels similarly. We got Cyclone fans too, so they're excited after Yeah, last week. though realistically they shouldn't be that excited. Their, their game wasn't it was an all ugly, that much prettier than ugly. Game. Yeah, and you and I lost too. So uh, we're going to listen to an interview here in a second with Stephen Curtis Chapman. But back to football, um, it was a little encouraging to see Wisconsin lose and Nebraska lose. And I'm a Big Ten fan, but it's kind of like misery loves company. <laughs> yeah, there's a little Schadenfreude going on there. And Notre Dame. I mean, what's going? They were fifth in the nation. Yeah. And now they're what? Yeah. Two zero oh, and two. Yeah. Yeah. And they lost to. First, uh, they lost to uh, somebody bad. Somebody, somebody really Marshall. Bad. Yeah. Uh, first Notre Dame coach to lose his first three games in church. Wow. So are they zero three, or he took no, over last? He year? He took over for the bowl game last year, okay. which they lost. So, dude, last night I got to interview Stephen Curtis Chapman. It was awesome. He he was here in town for a concert at the Cedar Falls Bible Conference, and that's what we're going to listen to here. We had a VIP event for the people who helped sponsor the concert. And so we allowed them to come in and kind of view this interview and also to ask some questions. And uh, just cool to sit down with a guy who's had a huge impact on my life spiritually from afar. I've never met him before. Uh, And so that was awesome. What what do you remember about SC Squared? Oh, man. Uh, He was was like the cool music for me and, and particularly my Christian friends. Right. And, um, the one funny, like kind of a funny, he'd probably laugh at this if, if, if he heard this, maybe he's heard this before, but he was the music that I was okay to play around my non-Christian friends. Like there was a lot of music. That's quite a compliment. That's yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, there's a lot of Christian music that like, if I had non-Christian friends coming over or whatever, like I wouldn't, I would never put it on, but like, his stuff, like I was, I was cool with putting it on and and letting it be, you know, playing around in the background while we were hanging out or whatever. Cool, because like it was cool music. Yeah, you know, even if, if for for uh, non Christian kids, they're still like you know, still kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, they didn't resonate with the message the same way that I did, but yeah. um, but I, I that's that's one thing I always remembered about his stuff. That's interesting. What do you remember? What album? So I I started way back with like more to this life. Yeah, and um, trying to think, there was great adventure. Yeah, that's that was the one. probably your era. Yeah, that was that was the album for me. I don't remember albums so much as uh, songs. Uh, as the songs in particular, but like burn the ships and, and stuff remember, like that. You went on caravan several times, didn't you? No, I never went on caravan. Never. No. Okay, uh-uh. there were a few caravans or a couple caravans where yeah. the theme was a Stephen Curtis song, yeah. like Great Adventure. Yeah, uh, diving in. Yeah, exactly. No, it's it's. I'm excited for it. Uh, the thing. I'm uh, the other thing that particularly I want to say about 
but this interview, and same goes for the Michael W. Smith. We did just similar one for Michael W. Smith about a year ago, a little over a year ago. Episode number 10, if Episode anyone wants 10, to go back yes. and listen to it. So now this is number 67. So that tells you about how much we've been interviewing people over the past year or so. But uh, what I want to say about Stephen Curtis Chapman and, and Michael W. Smith, um, you know, these are big names. These are these are the recognizable. Most people don't that, that are tuning in don't recognize um, Ron Gruber and Peter Salmon and some of those. Um, these are the big names, uh, which, which I'm glad to say brings a little bit of, of, uh, notice to this podcast. I I think that's good and that's healthy. A little broader audience. Yeah. But that's uh, the, the thing that I love about it is, um, the Michael W. Smith and I'm, I'm sure with the Stephen Curtis Chapman as well. Um, that is not, that is not by any means, um, the, the sole reason or the main reason that they are on this podcast, they're on here to fit in with, with our mission on this podcast, uh, which is to provide inspiring stories from interesting Christians that I think people will listen to this and, and will have things in their own life that resonate and, and inspire them to move deeper into their faith. Yep. And, and that's, I love that about, about, uh, Stephen Chris Chapman, Michael W. Smith, and, um, some of these guys who survived fame. Yeah. Uh, they've stood the test of time. Yeah. I, we talk about that in the interview. And, uh, I would also say that to the same degree, many of the other no name people we've interviewed have equally or more yeah. inspiring stories. And so sure. if, if you're new to this podcast because of Stephen Curtis Chapman, welcome. But check out our other stuff. And not only that, but we've got a weekly radio broadcast that is archived it's on a different podcast and at our website, christiancrusaders.org, as well as a daily dose devotion. We're doing a Bible overview. So, Yeah. At bare minimum, even if you, you're you're new to this podcast, we've got we've got kind of a mini series of about five or six now musicians uh, and, and worship leader type uh, interviews. So Michael W. Smith, obviously. And then uh, we've got, we've got Nathaniel Parrish, who does organ music. Uh, we've got a couple worship leaders um, that, that we've interviewed. So Tommy yeah. Walker was Tommy, Walker's Tommy Walker. Walker. Absolutely. Yep. There's so there's, and there's a couple others too. So, uh, by all means, use if you're new to this podcast, use this as a springboard. Get awesome. into and content. To circle back to football before we hand it off, yeah, uh, you have to listen because the answer is in the podcast. But Stephen Curtis Chapman yesterday or on Saturday, when we were all crying about the Hawkeyes, um, was at a really cool game of his own. But you got to listen to the interview to find out more about that. Thanks for tuning in and have a great day. Is that all good? Right. You ready to roll? Yep, I'm ready. Yes. All right. Yes. Well, uh, nice to see you all. Great to have you here. Good to be with you. Thanks. Absolutely. Stephen Curtis mm-hmm. Chapman is uh, one of my favorite of all time, and it's an honor for me to interview you and, and kind of facilitate this today. Uh, one of the things I want to just come right out of the gate and say, which I know I'm speaking on behalf of all of us here, many people who will be here tonight and countless others around the world, we just thank you for uh, what you did musically to build into us spiritually. And I can just say part of my story is influenced by your music, you know, growing up and realizing like, I'm not the only one that believes this stuff. Mm. And I'm not the only one uh, who's got the guts to say it out loud. And uh, 
just being moved in many ways. And, and obviously you've heard that a million times, but you hear it one more time. What's, what's your response Amen. when people, you, you know, people who you've never met are like, you had a huge part in my faith life. How, how do you handle that? What's that mean to you? Well, um, I mean, first of all, it's obviously very humbling because you know yourself, you know, um, uh, you know, the, the ability to, to see someone from a distance, um, admire, respect someone from a distance. I mean, I, I love biographies, autobiographies. I love kind of looking behind the curtain, um, you know, so to speak, on the lives of, of a lot of the people who have really influenced me. Um, and what I love about it is, you know, I get a chance to really see where the depth of a lot of their ministry comes from. Um, I read recently a book actually um, called Companions in the Darkness, and it's actually a book written about the struggle of th that many people that we all would probably say uh, were in inspiration and influence in our faith journey, guys like Martin Luther, um, uh, Mother Teresa was talked about in the book, Charles Spurgeon, um, a, a great hymn writer, William Cooper, um, and and it talked about how all of these people struggled with depression and with uh, really intense seasons of doubt and and just and struggle. And it was so encouraging to me to kind of just be able to hear that and 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 know that because often we can look and think, man, they just you know while they encouraged me and inspired me, they also sometimes can bum me out because they seem to have it so together. Mm. And I know myself, and I know how together I don't. Now I tried in my music through the years, and I think what. I am encouraged by when people say, man, I just, you know, thank you for being as honest as you have been in your music to say in so many words, I really, you know, am right there with you on this journey, figuring this out as I go, trusting God, taking three steps forward, sometimes, you know, two steps back, sometimes 30 steps back, mm. but continuing to, you know, trust God and, and, and move forward. Um, and so it is always just a, a, a huge encouragement and, and just humbling because, you know, again, we all, uh, I think I know that and, and have written songs, in my weakness, his strength is made perfect. And mm. I feel like when people say, man, your music, you know, has encouraged me in my faith journey, um, it always just reminds me, again, of how God can use just about anything, you know, he can use Amen. a hillbilly from Kentucky, um, you know, uh, you know, he, he can speak through, uh, you know, rocks if he chooses, um, donkeys in the Old Testament. So I, I'm not too far removed from that donkey. So I feel like, hey, God <laughs> is good. You know, look, I was able to be used in that way. So yeah. it's just it, it's an encouragement. Another thing I would say that I think everyone would agree with is one of the reasons we're thrilled to have you at a place like this is because we have a high value of God's word. We want to be clear about the gospel. Um, and we see all kinds of drift going on within, quote-unquote, Christianity today. People yeah. drifting from Scripture, people softening the, the truth of the gospel. You, Your body of work has stood the test of time, and, and you have remained, from what we can see, from a distance, faithful. Mm. And that's not something that can be said about everybody who went out to Nashville to become a music artist in the Christian industry. Yeah. Um, What's the secret to that? How, how, do you, how do you not fall off the rails yeah. like so many have? I, I'm just going to say this, and I'm not going to name names, but one of the musical guys who I looked up to back when I was in college just came out not long ago and said he was ex-evangelical. 
Mm. He's kind of rejected the evangelical mm. yeah. faith, wow. and he's kind of yeah. modernized his views. Yeah. Why hasn't Stephen Curtis Chapman mm. done that, and what has kept you online? Mm. Well, again, God in his, in his goodness and his faithfulness um, has surrounded me with people. I mean, you know, the iron sharpening iron thing that Scripture talks about, I am certainly a, a great example of that, of having sought out, you know, throughout my life early in my journey, I had even, I called them a pastoral advisory board or team around me. And it was made up of Scotty Smith, who's still my, one of my dearest friends and, and like pastor. Like a preacher? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's been to the yeah. conference before. Okay. He's been. Okay. Yeah. So Scotty, 90% of my songs, you know, just to go ahead and come out and, and, and tell the truth on myself um, are Scotty's sermons that I just put to music. Awesome. So they're all plagiarized, you know, basically. Um, but he knows it, and he gives me his full blessing. He's like, nope, it's all, you know, everything I say is public domain. You know, God, it's God's word. You just use it. But he really has inspired me. But more than his preaching, his teaching, his just his friendship, our friendship, our journey together, because Scotty is a man who, you know, we've wept together. We've, we've shared a lot about our cluelessness as husbands trying to figure out how to love our wives well and and messing it up and and how to love our kids and watching our kids journey through good seasons hard seasons and being really honest in that together um i think just having having that uh cloud of witnesses you know um around me and seeking it out and and the people i mean i look back over my life and i think about the people that god put in my life i read a book speaking of books that really challenged and inspired me and and people I saw from a distance Chuck Colson mm. uh was one of those guys who was one of the smartest and most uh just talking about a, a rock solid yeah. you know um defender of the truth and and of the gospel and uh, I had the privilege of of getting to know him and you know traveling through death row prison cells with him and ministering uh to inmates and and calling him when I had questions and I was struggling with something like, what do you think I ought to do here? Or how do I, I remember that question specifically, how do I, I want to make sure I stay, you know, tender to the stories that people will share. I feel myself at times, you know, when I'm, when I'm doing so much and I'm, I'm with so many people and you see Jesus going to the mountain, getting away, you know, getting in a boat and getting, and I thought, gosh, if Jesus has to do that, then how much more do we have to do that as humans trying to, you know, to um, steward what he's given us. And uh, he would, you know, we'd, we'd talk about that. And he would say, yeah, he just, you know, he'd, he would encourage me from his own experience. Yeah. So having those people, seeking those people out. And then honestly, one of the things too is just, um, you know, the, the people in my own family and my, and my friendships and people around me um, that have just continued to, by God's design, I look back and I think, you know, it wasn't always even fun. It doesn't always feel good, you know, to have those people that will sort of press in or push back or I always joke, but it's really true. My wife who, you know, I'd come home from tour and, you know, people, you know, cheering and, you know, <laughs> loving me and wherever it was. And I walk in the door and my wife say, Hey, I'm glad you're a really big deal. And, you know, Cedar Falls, Iowa, but right now I just need you to take the trash out, change the diaper, you know, it yeah. was sort of those things like this is your ministry, you know, yeah. now, and, and just that real, uh, you know, that honesty. Um, and, and, and as we all know, it's not, it's not the successes and the victories, um, but it's the heartaches, it's the yeah. setbacks um, that make us recognize 
man, I am so much weaker than I want to be, but it's in my weakness that his strength is made perfect. It's all the things that scripture says. It turns out they're actually true. How crazy <laughs> is that? So when you figure that out and you go, and really, honestly, um, you know, the bottom line is, and, and there's a song actually that I've written on my new album. Uh, I've got a new album, new music coming out album for those young people who don't know what is that what who does what is you talking about a photo album what is it no we used to make records albums that had like 12 songs on a whole thing not just a song you know <laughs> to stream on your you know your phone but but like recording you know on vinyl disc it was crazy crazy times but i've written a there's a song called where else could i go and it was a conversation i was having actually with mike weaver um as we were just talking about grief and loss and, and heartache and questions as we go deeper into our life, our story of deep, you know, tragic loss of our daughter. He was at the time, you know, really wrestling with his brother's illness and, and they had, they had lost their mom. And then it was after this that Mike would lose his brother, Jay. And we were both just talking about, you know, yeah, there are plenty of days and plenty of times you think, and I don't know. I'm, I'm holding on to this. I'm believing. God, I believe, help my unbelief. I'm praying that mm -hmm. prayer again because all the things I see, all the things I feel are not supporting what I'm even standing on stage singing right now. Mm -hmm. But we both were saying, but then you take a moment, you step back, and you think, just like the disciples who Jesus said, people are peeling off. They're going, you know, they're starting to move away because I'm talking about death and cross and things like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we all know, you know, the great response of the disciples, you know, said, where else are we going to go? Yeah. You have the words of eternal life. You have the truth. You are the way, the truth, and the life. Where, where are we going to go? Where else? And I think that's over and over again what I come back to is, is there's just where else are we going to turn? Amen. You know, once we've tasted the truth and, and seen it, you know, the goodness of God, and we know, yeah, life is hard in this world. We will have trouble. But don't lose heart. Jesus says, I've overcome this world. Awesome. I'm going to throw it out to these guys, and I'm going to rephrase your questions so that our podcast audience can hear them in case they can't on the microphone. So, Cartlett, you got one? Who's got it? Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, well, um, obviously, kind of like the Ezekiel deal. Yes. Um, I'm a huge follower of Mark Yay! So, Come on now. Uh, yes, sir. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. You know, you help them with their writing process and they help you. Yeah. Clearly I've listened to a lot of their music and I might see parts of you Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know that change. Thank you. I'm gonna tell Caleb. I'm gonna say, Hey, yeah. somebody here's here's some of my music and your music, you know. So uh, you know, just put me on there, you know, as a co-writer. No, I wouldn't say that, but I always am telling them, you know, I'm always offering, Hey guys, I got an idea here if you want it, you know, and they're very kind and gracious and they listen to me. And then, you know, they usually write something a lot cooler, but they do include <laughs> me. But if you know the story of, of my boys, Caleb and Will and Colony House, they started out in my band. Caleb and Will toured with me for five years playing in my band. Will was my drummer. Caleb was guitar player, background singer. And I just, I saw them getting better and better and getting really, really good. Um, and I heard the songs Caleb was writing and I thought, you know, my days are numbered. I'm going to eventually get kicked out of the band. Um, but, <laughs> but they, they did, uh, they did keep me, uh, keep me around for a while, but Caleb and Will, um, and Colony House, my son's band, um, you know, are, my, that's my favorite band in the world, as you can imagine, uh, my boys. And actually my new album, I got to. I was just thinking, who could I get to produce 
this record with me. That would be my favorite band, favorite producers of all the music I've listened to in the last five years that has inspired me. And I thought, man, this band Colony House, they're just, their music is so cool. And so I called them. I said, hey, remember all those meals that I provided for you all those years? <laughs> I said, um, and the ones I still provide for you and your children, who are my grandchildren now, um, I need you to do me a favor and come help me make my new record. So they came and actually helped me produce my, my new songs. Played, uh, Will played drums on everything on the record. Caleb played guitar and um, actually co-wrote two of the songs with me. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm so proud of my guys. They're working on a new album right now, actually, Colony House. So this awesome. will be their fourth record. So, awesome. Yeah. You guys got one? I think I jumped in before you actually rephrased it. That's okay. They hopefully picked... I said enough in there that people get it. You Context know. clues, yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, that's my son. And uh, I want to say thanks. You've never not been a part of our family. Thank so there's literally thousands of miles logged on our van. And we'd be playing uh, your city, the dinosaur song. Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you name it. I mean, we just know uh, our daughter, young star, Lydia, literally went to bed for a couple of years with Cinderella and knows everyone. Wow. Reports. Yes, sir. So there's, you know, just unspoken blessing that God's used, you know, your faithfulness to write, put things together. So just as a dad, but also as a fan, you've never not been a part of my ministry. Wow. We had this old cheesy, you know, tape player, you know, popping in uh, in this little room. Oh, yes. I mean, yes, sir. Wow. So I just want to say thanks. Uh, we've named uh, a couple of our summer student ministry trips after some of your songs. One of wow. them being The Great Adventure. So yes, anyway, just, just I hope you, I know you know this, but there's so much fruit that's dripping off what God has chosen to do through your efforts and through your being a good steward of your time and your talent and everything so i just you know Thank the you. fact that i'm sitting here by the way we didn't even get mm. tickets to this they were gifted yeah. to us because wow. we would enjoy this time uh, awesome. together so that's great but i do have a question for you yes sir so you've been around for a long time and a lot of your peers aren't around anymore as far as doing music and for whatever reason mm -hmm. yeah. i'm just wondering over the course of your seasons mm. how has god continued to change and affirm your call mm. you know because maybe i mean there's a early middle i mean we're both middle-aged yeah. you know so you, how, how does how has the lord kept you fresh in the mission and how has he affirmed you because music changes like crazy right. you know so yeah. I'm wondering talk yeah, yeah, yeah. about the, the persistence the perseverance of your ministry and what's specifically what has God done to kind of affirm your heart and these are really di mm. different times than they were back then so absolutely I'm curious to hear what you say yes, how sir. has God continued to call you to this ministry well I'll, I'll speak most recently you know, in making uh, this new body of work um, that I still call an album or a record. Um, actually, there are about 17 songs that I wrote and recorded, um, and I really wanted to put all of them, I wanted to share all of them, and uh, so I'll eventually they'll all be released um, as, a, as a, an album. Um, and I wrestled a lot even with that question. Um, having written so many songs, on a purely, well, I put it like several years ago, I heard that Billy Joel, who's great, one of the great songwriters of all time, of our time, um, said, I'm not going to record any, write or record any more new music. And I was really sad by that. I thought, wonder what that's about. And then as, as I have gone on in my ministry career, I really understand it because there's a point in your life where everything gets measured purely creatively, artistically, everything gets measured against your biggest success. And I hear people so many times, I'll play a new song and people will say, gosh, that's, you know, really like that. But man, 
you know, there's never going to be another great adventure. Man, the, the song, mm. when you, do, you know, More to This Life, now that was the record. Signs mm. of Life, now that record changed my life. Speechless. And all of it is a great compliment and a huge blessing because it, it's what you say, it's a part of people's lives. But as an artist in my insecure, just hum, humanness, you know, I'll say, well, do I really even need to write any more new music? Do, do, do people need to hear? I mean, you got so many great new artists that weren't, to your point, even alive or making music when I was, some of them weren't even alive. I mean, Matthew West was sitting, you know, in the back row of a concert hall in Champaign, Illinois, when he heard <laughs> me play on one of my, it wasn't my first tour. It was well into my career. And he said, you know, that's when God called him and said, that's what you're going to do. And Bart Millard was driving his car and heard, you know, for the sake of the call and pulled his car over and had tears. He was 16, 17. I mean, so these stories I've heard from other artists and, you know, you've got so many great artists that are making great music. And um, and yet, with all of that said, the very reason I began doing this in the first place um, was I never imagined I would win awards, have the kinds of, you know, uh, opportunities I would have. I really just wanted to encourage people, tell my story, sing my songs, be honest about the process, the journey, the songs that really met me and, and I felt like when I felt like I was sitting listening to a friend just tell me a story their own journey and particularly if that was a, a journey of their faith um, there's a guy named Dallas Holm who was m one of my favorite artists back in the day who I felt like he just pulled up a chair and said hey let me let me tell you my story and and encourage you in, in your journey and when when that happened to me that was really what compelled me to want to write music as a kid, 16, 17, 18 year old kid. Um, then I started to, you know, make records and I started to have success with that. And so this whole big, long journey, I recently heard um, Bruce Springsteen say, you know, and he's 70 something and he's made a couple of, I think, his best records ever in the last few years. And he said, I just had conversations with people for like, you know, 50, 60 years. And I I love doing that, you know, and so as long as I can, I want to keep having those conversations. I think for me, at that an even deeper level, they're conversations about the things that matter most, mm. conversations about eternity, mm -hmm. you know, about the gospel, about things that will sustain us through the hardest parts of our journey. And as I've traveled through those, I have new perspective. I've written songs that I don't think I could have, I know I wouldn't have written 10 years ago because mm -hmm. I hadn't been through a global pandemic. I hadn't lost, you know, a keyboard player who toured with me for 10 years, who, you know, was 60 years old, my age and, and passed away a year ago, a brother-in-law who, you know, developed brain cancer and, and within four or five months was gone. And, and I walked with him like I had not ever with anyone through his mm. journey of praying, believing God could heal him, but also all signs looking like they weren't and writing these songs in, in that. In mm. fact, I would go in just about every day with the people I was working with, my boys, different ones I was writing and working on these songs with and tears in my eyes. And I'd say, guys, if I can't sing this song sitting across from my brother-in-law right now, mm. I can't, I can't write it. So I got to change. I got to, I got to re rewrite some things. I feel like I, it's got to hold up, you know, mm. even in this. So those kinds of things I think are the things that have continued as life has just brought craziness. And like you say, this world is so different than it was when I was writing you know, saddle up your horses and all that, you know, which it's what I'm thankful is, is it's all still true. I still sing it with as much conviction and passion as ever. 
because all those words are true and I've lived them longer now, but there are even some new things that I feel like I can say and speak to and sing to um, that I couldn't before. I've got plenty of questions, but so I, I can, I don't, you don't need to fill time. I'm not dependent on you, but if I want to, I want to defer to you all. Uh, Give a highlight of your, Highlight of your career. Well, I mentioned earlier, you know, touring with my sons was truly for touring. Uh, it was it was a, a great highlight just having those guys on stage with me every night. And that was um, during the time it was it was before. But then uh, after um, it was after we lost our youngest daughter. So just being able to declare and proclaim God's goodness and faithfulness, even in our deepest times of grief and pain and doubt and question, um, having my sons with me to do that was, was such a gift. Um, I think of a tour I did several years ago that was a dream that I had, this idea that I thought was so crazy when I read the book uh, um, Through the Gates of Splendor, a story of uh, five missionaries who were killed mm. back in the 50s by a tribe, uh, unreached tribe out in the jungles of Ecuador, a tribe called the Waldani, who attacked and killed these five missionaries, speared and macheted them to death, and their families went on to carry the message of peace and the gospel back into this tribe through Elizabeth Elliot, through Rachel Saint, a sister and a wife of two of the men. And I got a chance to bring that that story to life on a tour that I did called Live Out Loud, where uh, Steve Saint, the son of one of those mm -hmm. men, came out on stage every night and shared his story, and then he introduced one of the men who killed his father, who his kids now call grandfather, Minkai, and he would walk out and share the story of, of forgiveness in his native tongue. He didn't speak English. Awesome. He speaks their, their tribal language. That was truly a, a highlight, and I still have people say that concert was unlike anything I've ever experienced. So moments like that, you know, getting a chance to, you know, and then on the just side of crazy, how does a kid from – you know, a hillbilly from Paducah ever get to play Carnegie Hall. But a few years ago, I got to play at Carnegie Hall. I know the joke is always, you know, how do you get to Carnegie Hall? It's practice, practice, practice. <laughs> um, but uh, my experience was, you know, to get to go have an orchestra and a 300-voice choir behind me. And it was just uh, one of those nights that um, I will never forget, just that, awesome. that experience and getting to taste and see, you know, the goodness of God in, in such a tangible way like that. Awesome. Hey. Yes. Mm. How do you come up with the tunes and the yeah. melodies to the lyrics? You know, it's funny. The music has always been um, sort of just the music, the the language of my uh, my heart and. I love music since I was a kid. As early, my earliest memories are musical memories. My dad playing music, bluegrass music, folk music. Um, I, I played in marching band when I was in school. I played in the jazz band when I was in college. I was terrible, but I still played and tried to keep up. But I just consumed, you know, all kinds of music. There aren't very many, you know, styles of music that I that I can't find something in there, uh, you know, that I like just as far as genres. Um, and and I think. For that reason, the music side of things have always has always been pretty natural. I play mostly guitar, but then learned piano when the guitar started feeling kind of 
like everything sounded the same. So I kind of go to the piano, figure some things out. Um, written a lot of songs on the ukulele as of late because that's a fun. That that instrument always just makes the song happy and makes you smile when you play it. Um, but I, I, it seems like that sort of flows. The lyrics are more of the part that are, are the work uh, most often. Really, you know, have to because poetry and and you know putting words together and making them rhyme, but not just saying the same thing. So you say something in a way that makes people go, "Whoa, I never." heard it that way never thought of it that way that's always a, a goal of mine you know lyrically um but the music um sort of just happens you know if there's a certain lyric saddle up your horses it's like that's got to be a you know that's got to be a melody and music that makes you just want to you know pump mm-hmm. your fist and go let's go you know so it's like that's what this music needs to sound like and it's sort of that's the natural part i love uh my favorite quote favorite movie of all time is chariots of fire and we've heard it quoted a million times everybody says it but i love 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 the it's a great quote where the runner if you know the story eric little uh olympic runner um who was a believer a very committed christian actually ended up giving his life and and dying in china uh, occupied china when the japanese uh had occupied china back in the um i guess 40s and and but he uh had a great quote when he talks about running as a, even as a Christian who really knew his calling was to do ministry in China and be a missionary. But he said, when I run, I feel God's pleasure. And I think that's music has just always been that for me. It's like when I'm playing music, uh, writing music, it's kind of like, this is what God made me to do, you know, and I'm just kind of doing what he made me most naturally for. Awesome. Is there anything that as you've grown in Christ, you look back on that you wrote in your earlier days and like, man, I don't know if I would have written that <laughs> or if I, I'd have yeah. said it differently. Are there, yeah. are there any that you like, man, Oh, don't listen to this song on that album because yeah. I don't believe <laughs> that anymore. <laughs> yeah. You know, it really is, is a, I'm really thankful um, because I have not yet, um, I've not yet come across anything that I go, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that now. I think there are some things that, um, you know, I might have uh, said a little bit with a little more grace, I think, in those early <laughs> days, you know, of, I mean, there's a song called Truth or Consequences, you know, and yeah. there, it's either Truth or Consequences, there's no other way, you, you know, um, uh, I can't remember the lyrics now trying to pull them up, but, you know, and it was a very strong, Hey, this is, you know, this is God is straight and narrow. It's, it's the truth or consequences mm-hmm. you choose, you know, it was, and, and with some of that, um, which is still true. And I don't listen to it and say it, it, there's an, it's not true. It's, it's God's word and it's true. Yeah. You know, what I, you know, would I say it in that, in, in the exact same words, would I find some ways, you know, to maybe, uh, present it, so that, you know, it was accessible to yeah. anybody who just happened to pass by instead yeah. of feeling like a little of a, you know, finger pointing. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there may be a few lyrics in the, in somewhere along the way of that, but thankfully I don't feel like anything where I go, Ooh, yep. uh, can we take that one off the record? You know, skip. I, no. Uh, I asked the same <laughs> question to Michael W. Smith. He said exactly the same thing. Really? No career yeah. killers. But a few things I would have just nuanced a little bit. Yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that the Lord's yeah. blessed you guys that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tell everyone what you did yesterday. Yeah. This is kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have, we have of course, six kids. Three, you know, oldest, my oldest uh, daughter, Emily. Uh, and she's married, has three girls. Um, she and her husband, Tanner. 
uh, Caleb and Will are my sons who are in the band Colony House, who have both of them are married. Uh, Caleb has two, a boy and a girl. Uh, Will has a little girl. So we have six grandbabies um, between us. And then if you know our story, you know that, you know, we thought we were done with three and then God did this incredible thing and in bringing the miracle of adoption uh, into our life. And through that, Shohanna and Stevie Joy and then Maria. And so we adopted three girls from China. Shoei uh, is now 23 years old and is finishing up her master's, getting her master's uh, in social work um, with a desire to work with families, help families in their journey, uh, particularly with uh, adoption and um, foster care. And so just amazing to see God kind of weave that story all the way through to where she is serving others, walking through a, a process that she lived. And, um, and so she is in her final year of getting her master's at the University of Alabama. So they both, we didn't, wasn't on our radar, just the way God did it. It's a long, amazing story, but it was very clear. I didn't even know what Roll Tide meant. Still not sure I really know, but I say it uh, because I spent a lot of money there for one thing, because I have two daughters. So Shoei is getting her master's uh, at University of Alabama. And then Stevie Joy, who is 19, um, getting ready to turn 20 in just a couple of weeks. She is a sophomore at the University of Alabama. Her dream, she's four foot eight, she's about that tall, uh, at 20 years old almost, and is uh, just pound for pound the strongest human being I know. She is a co-ed cheerleader, a flyer. So she's one of those who does all these crazy stunts and flips you know, backwards and lands on you know somebody's hand. Interesting, if you know... If you listen to Christian music, um, newer music, and you know the band Kane, so her coach, who coached her up to make it to the team that she's on right now, is Logan Kane, who's the the guy, the brother in that group, who is a world class cheerleader. He was a co-ed cheerleader in college and trained Stevie Joy, and uh, and and before they were even doing Christian music, they were doing country music at the time when I met him. But he's a been a committed believer all throughout his life. And so it's a cool story to watch that unfold for them. But he basically helped her get uh, a spot as one of the best cheerleaders uh, in the nation on one of the best teams. So she cheers for University of Alabama. So yesterday we went to Austin, Texas, where Stevie was not cheering because only three cheerleaders could go. So they took the seniors, three girls, three guys um, from the co-ed team, just a small squad. So she's a sophomore. But she went with us, and we got to go cheer Alabama barely to a victory Incredible over game. Texas. Gosh, that was too close for comfort. <laughs> Nobody saw that coming. And we were in Texas. We thought we were going to die. I was definitely <laughs> definitely kind of going, has anybody got an orange marker I can paint over this? <laughs> All this uh, crimson that I have on, um, but we we you know made it out alive and it was yeah it was fun. We're gonna wrap this up and uh, take a couple pictures. Be out of here by six fifteen. If you All can right. do this in thirty seconds, this is my last yes, question. It's nine eleven mm -hmm. right now. Yes. Um, where were you wow. on nine eleven? We um, were in Washington D.C. Wow. Yeah, we had we had gone to Washington D.C. to receive an award. Uh, for our adoption from uh, uh, an organization called Congressional Coalition on Adoption, uh, CCAA, uh, in Washington, D.C., to receive uh, a, an award. And uh, we were there for a big gala. We were supposed to meet President Bush that day and have lunch mm. with him to talk about orphans and uh, adoption and all of that. I went and I did an interview on CNN uh, that morning to talk about the award we were going to receive. This was back when CNN did the 
on the hour, every hour mm-hmm. kind of thing. And they had little stories. And I went and interviewed with someone, and they showed a little clip of our video that I just made with our daughter, Shoei, for a song called When Love Takes You In. I went back to our hotel, the JW Marriott, where Mary Beth was asleep, and Shoei, who was at the time just a baby or a little one, and uh, woke her up and said, hey, let's watch CNN because um, they're going to rerun wow. what I just did. And turned it on and watched, you know, there was there was a tower on fire and, and a plane had flown into it, and we watched the whole thing happen. Suddenly we heard sirens, and we looked out our window, wow. and we saw fire smoke coming from uh, from the Pentagon. We saw F-14s flying right at building height, and we thought, okay, this is not what we expected. Something crazy is going on. And uh, they cleared out the city and turned all the streets out, and uh, mm-hmm. we somehow were able to find a rental car because everybody was grabbing them up and drove back to Nashville um, the next day. But um, that's, yeah, we, that's were, a crazy we were there. Story. Wasn't that wild? Exactly. We'll do another Sorry. podcast sometime yeah. about that. Uh, thank you so much for your time, and uh, God bless your concert mm. tonight and, and yeah. bless your ministry. We're thank y'all. You. Thank you so much. Appreciate y'all very much. The CC Podcast Conversations is part of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry, started in 1936 and is one of America's longest-running radio ministries. We are 100% donor-funded, and donations to our ministry are tax-deductible. So if you are encouraged, challenged, or inspired by today's conversation, please consider making a donation on our website, christiancrusaders.org, or mail a check to Christian Crusaders, 7401 University Avenue, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613. In addition to our other podcasts, which I mentioned at the front of this episode, I want to mention two of our other ministry partners worth checking out. First, the Cedar Falls Bible Conference, equipping believers with the truth of God's Word since 1922. Visit cedarfallsbibleconference.com for free access to previous conference content or for more information about upcoming events. Second is Power to Change Digital Strategies, an online ministry partnering volunteer Christian mentors with people around the world searching the internet for answers. If you or someone you know could benefit from an anonymous online conversation with a caring Christian adult, go to issuesiface.com. Or if you would like to be a volunteer Christian mentor, please visit p2cdigital.com. That's the letter P, the number two, and the letter C, digital.com. See our episode notes for details and links, and remember to subscribe, leave a five-star rating, and write a review. God's richest blessings to you, and thanks again for listening.